So I love the Bible, and I really love the Old Testament. Uh, I love all the Bible, but I just just love the Old Testament. And so if you don't mind tonight, I'm going to preach from the Old Testament. Because it's all the Bible, right? And so I want you to turn with me to 1 Samuel chapter 11. And as you're turning there, let me just give you a little bit of the backdrop of this story. Because... We have just came, came out of the era of the judges. So, uh, you know what happened in the era of the judges? The, here, here, was the, here was the final scenario of the, area of, uh, of the era of the judges. Man did right in their own eyes. But thank God for a little lady by the name of Hannah that said, you know what? I'm not going to be satisfied with the way it is right now. God, would you give me a baby boy? Would you give me a child? And she sought the Lord, and that child was Samuel. You know what Samuel means? It means he heard. God hears. God's about to hear you tonight. He's going to hear your desperate cry. And so he heard, and Samuel comes along, and the people say, we want a king. We want a king. Now, I know that you probably heard that, you know, they weren't supposed to have a king. Well, they weren't supposed to have a king like all the other kings. But when you read the Older Testament, you will find out that God had made provision for them to have a king. But it would ultimately lead to the king of kings and the Lord of lords. And so there came along, um, uh, when they asked for a king, God said to Samuel, they're not rejecting you, they're rejecting me. And so... Uh, he knew what was in the future. He, he, he knew that. But he said, but we're going to let them have what they want. And so here comes a, a young man, head and shoulders above everybody else. And he is anointed king by Samuel. Now, the thing that I won't get into because I've got a lot of other things that I want to tell you. But that don't mean I'm going to be here all night. But here's what I do want to tell you is that King or, or Saul, uh, he was a very humble man and he was a very reluctant man to assume this position. In, in fact, when they were trying to bring him out to introduce him to the people, the Bible says he hid among the baggage. He was just humble like that. And, and so uh, he, he comes out, but, but here's what Samuel said. Samuel told him every step that would happen to him as he, he, as he was getting ready to anoint him as king. And he does anoint him as king. And everything that Samuel told him actually came to pass. But it is interesting to see the encounter and the transformative encounter that, that King Saul had. It was, it was in Pentecostal fashion. Because the Bible says that when he turned away and left, uh, left Samuel... His heart was changed. He had transformation at that moment. He became another man. Oh, I want to just tell you, here's what I believe, Pastor, is coming in this coming year. We're about to see, uh, we're about to see revival in this coming year, but it's not going to be like everybody thinks. Everybody's looking for signs, wonders, and miracles, and I'm not saying that's not going to happen. Here's the great, greatest miracle ever is that he takes a wicked individual and the gospel is preached to them, and the Holy Spirit comes and transforms them, and He makes them a new creature in Christ Jesus. All things are passed away, and behold, all things are become new. 
That's what we're going to see. In fact, I believe it's almost going to be as in the days of Finney when he would get around people, they would begin to shake under the power of God or under the preaching of, of men like Jonathan Edwards when Jonathan Edwards would just whisper, people began to shake under that power. But not only did, did uh, Saul uh, have transformation, he, he was turned, the Bible says, actually he turned into another man. He, in fact, when he turned to go, that's very interesting. When he turned to go, he, his, his heart was changed. You know what it is when you, you're going in, in, in one direction and you repent, you actually, it actually means you've turned around. That's what it means. Repentance is just turning around. Going from where, where you were. And that's what happened. But not only that, but he came in contact with some, uh, some, some uh, guys coming down from Bethel. They had been in the presence of the Lord. And, and, and then, then prophecy, the Spirit of God came on Saul. And, and he came under a prophetic anointing. And he began to prophesy. And, and then they were even saying, wow, is, is Saul not even among the prophets? I, I would tell you, it was Pentecostal fashion. And let me just give you a little scenario here, is that two of those people that he met, two of those guys coming down out of that hill, gave him two loaves of bread. You say, how, what, what's interesting about that is that when you celebrate the Feast of Pentecost, they would get loaves of bread and they would wave that wave offering. It was just a symbol. Listen, in Pentecostal fashion, we have transformation. I'm glad I was was gloriously baptized in the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in tongues. I was raised in a Baptist church, but when I got in the Assembly of God church, I got hungry for what those people had. I didn't know what they had, but whatever they had, that's what I wanted. And I got gloriously baptized in the Holy Ghost July the 4th, 1971. You didn't know I was that old, right? I talked to a guy. I talked to a guy that said, don't ever ask anybody how old you are. You know, well, how old do you think I am? He said, I think you're about 70. I thought, well, you better get your eyes checked, all right. But now we get we we, we have we have Samuel or, or we have Saul at, at this very important place where he assumes he assumes being king of Israel. Now, Pastor, I know you know, and I tell pastors this, when you assume the pastorate, you need to get ready because the devil is going to show up, and he's going to try you. If you determine tonight, uh, I'm, I'm going to follow Jesus, I'm going to serve Jesus all my heart and soul, there's a devil out there that wants to try you. He wouldn't be a good devil if he didn't try you, would he? And so he's going to try you. And so this is exactly what happened in the case of King Saul is that he was about to make, meet his biggest challenge, the biggest challenge of his life or the biggest challenge of his kingship. This is where the story picks up in 1 Samuel chapter number 11. 1 Samuel chapter 11, here's what it says, verse number 1. Then Naash the Ammonite came up and encamped against Jabesh Gilead. You see that? How many would be interested in knowing what Naash, his name means in Hebrew? Would you be interested in that? Would it surprise you to know, to know that his name meant serpent? Look it up in the Hebrew. His name means serpent. It even goes back, there's another name 
it, it, uh, the, the name could go back to his. And so we see that Naash, the Ammonite, came up and encamped against Jabesh Gilead. You say, well, who is Jabesh Gilead? Well, it is a, it is a family among the, the tribes on the east side of the Jordan River. What that means simply is they, they were a part of the tribes of the half-tribe of Gad and Manasseh. All right, They were over on the other side. They were out there all alone by themselves. Isn't that the way the devil wants to pick on us? He'll get us at a point that we are isolated and lonely and he will come to pick on us. All right? And so they get all in this... They get all wound up, and, and, and the Bible says, All the men of Jabesh Gilead said to Naash, It's not what you, you don't need to be compromising with the devil. He said, Make a covenant with us, and we will serve you. Now, let me read one more verse before we dive into the truths of this scripture. Make a covenant with us, and we'll serve you. Watch, what, watch this, verse number 9, and this is what we want to hear. And they said to the messengers who came, Thus you shall say to the men of Jabesh Gilead, Tomorrow, everybody say tomorrow, by the time the sun be hot, you shall have help. I came by to tell you tonight, tomorrow by the time the sun is hot, you shall have help. Come on. I just wonder if there's anybody in here tonight that said, boy, I would like to wake up in the morning and things be different than they are now. Things need to be different in my relationship with God. Things need to be different in the relationship with my husband, my wife, my, my families. Things need to be different in my finances. Things need to be different in my job. Things need to be different with my friends. I can tell you tonight, friend, the Bible has promised us by the time the sun is hot, you shall have help. Glory to God. <laughs> Woo! You can be seated tonight in the presence of the Lord. I think it's so interesting, and, and I just want to—I um, just love the word, and I want to—I want to show you a few things about the story, because it's important that you understand the background. Okay, the background of Jabesh Gilead, because I think we can all relate to Jabesh Gilead. We have all sinned and come short of the glory of God. Who was Jabesh Gilead? Well, we'll have to go back several years in the, in, in the area of the judges where uh, the Benjamites, and, and listen to that, the Benjamites were, uh, I mean, they horribly, they, I, I'm talking about the things, the sins that we're seeing now and it's been shown on our television sets and pushed down our throats. That's exactly what the Benjamites did. And so at that point, the Bible tells us that, uh, that uh, the, the leadership said, we're going to have to take care of business and, and we're going to punish, we're going to punish the Benjamites. And I want everybody to show up. This was in the era of the judges. And everybody was rallied and they started doing the roll call. All right. Neftali, 
Benjamin, or not Benjamin, but Manasseh and Gad. And they went down the line and then started naming the family. And they said, Jabesh Gilead. You could hear the crickets. Jabesh Gilead. You, you could hear the crickets. Nobody showed up from the tribe of Jabesh Gilead. And now we understand why when they... When, that, when Naash came against him, this serpent came against them, that they said, well, uh, make a covenant with us. And, and, and you know what he said? He said, okay, I'll make a covenant with you, but here's what's going to happen. He says, I'm going to pluck out your right eye. Now, why was that so important? That's so important because that's how they took aim. I don't know whether you know this or not, but we're in a warfare. We're in a battle for our lives. And we don't need, the church doesn't need to lose its ability to take aim against the devil. He has come to steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus said, I came that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly. Greater is he that's within us than he that is within the world. But you see how the devil operates in our life. He operates in a manner that he takes, he takes something that has been passed in, in days past that, that he says, you know what? You didn't show up. And they said, well, nobody's going to show up for us. So we're, we're just not, not going to do it. I wonder how bad it has to get in our life that we simply say, you know, forget about that. I've got to turn to Jesus. I've got to look to him because he's the only one that can help me. And it got pretty bad with Jabesh Gilead there because they said, we've got to do something different. Hey, time out. Let's see if we can find somebody that will come to our rescue. Can I tell you tonight, there's somebody who has come to our rescue. I was just in Mountain View, Arkansas. The Lord gave me a word. In fact, he changed the word. He changed the sermon. That's a scary moment when he says, that's not what you're supposed to preach. This is what you're supposed to, to preach. And so I, I, I preached. Uh, in fact, I, I preached about transition. I, I, I trusting God in transition. And I preached out of the book of Ruth. And what happened to Naomi and, and you know, and she, she was leaving. The Bible says she was leaving out of there a bitter woman. She went in there pleasant, and she left out of there bitter. Man, there's a lot of bitter church folks. And I could go off on that, but I better leave that. I'll leave that for the district council. How about that? And so, and so uh, but, but during that sermon that morning, after the fact, there was a woman that came to the altar. God touched her powerfully. I mean powerfully. And she said, Pastor, I just want you to know, I've been carrying something that I did for 50 years. For 50 years. And I can tell you, he has set me free. Glory to God. I don't know what you're carrying tonight, but I know there's somebody who loves you more than you know. And there is grace sufficient to help you in the time of need. And you just need to boldly come to the throne room of grace. So Jabez Gilead, you, you can understand, they're, they're here, they're, 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 they're isolated, they're being picked on by uh, a, the nemesis of the Israelites, and you know they're, they're just really ready to throw in the tent until they, the devil was wanting to take more than they wanted to give. Uh, when are we going to get to the point where we're not going to take more than the devil? We're not going to give him more than he wants. If he, you know, you, you've heard the old saying, if you give him an inch, he'll become your ruler. And we're not going to, it's no time to back up. None of us deserve anything 
from the Lord. We don't deserve anything from the Lord. It is freely given, freely, freely received what has been freely given to us. So Jabez Gilead says, wait, we'll just see if anybody will show up on our behalf. And so the word gets, and you can see it a little further down here, is that uh, some messengers came to Gibba of Saul, and, and, uh, and they told the news in the hearing of the people, and all the people lifted up their voices and, and wept. When is it we're going to get enough sympathy and a, and a burden for those people that are outside our walls, that we love them so much that it burns us and it hurts our heart because they're lost and without him? What's going to happen at the first of the year? There's some amazing things, I believe, and I believe the Lord laid these things on my heart, is there's going to be evangelism thrust in, in, in Arkansas like we haven't seen in recent days. And, and there's a convergence happened because nationally, there's a national evangelism effort that's going on. In fact, uh, the, on the Super Bowl, there's going to be, uh, I don't know if you've seen any of the commercials yet, but, but I've seen them, and it's a, a commercial called He Gets Us. Anybody seen that yet? The commercial he get well, y'all don't even watch TV here. I, I, forgive me, but but it's coming out on the. Uh, it is an evangelistic effort to let people know that Jesus gets us. He really understands, and 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 we're gonna we're gonna use that in the assemblies of God in the state of Arkansas. But also, uh, also there's a movie coming out called the Jesus Movement about what happened in the '60s when God brought an amazing revival all over this nation through the Jesus. I believe there's a new Jesus movement coming. I don't believe the Lord has given up. You say, what is, uh, what's the future of the church? Listen, it's his business. It's not our, it's his, he, he built the church and he said the gates of hell will not prevail against his church. So here, here we go. So Jabez Gilead is, is feeling under the message that they are under attack comes into the ears of, of King Saul. Because he asked this question, he said, what troubles the people that they weep? And they told him the words of the men. Listen to this. And the Spirit of God came upon Saul when he heard the news, and his anger, his righteous indignation was greatly aroused. And then the Bible says that he took, he took an ox and he, he cut it up, and he sent those parts to all over, all over Israel and said, if you don't show up to help fight against this enemy of Jabesh Gilead, then this is what your fate in life is going to be. I think I'd have showed up. Come on. I think I'm showing up. And, they, and they, they rallied the troops. And they came together. And they... Uh, and the Bible says, and the fear of the Lord fell on the people, and they came out in one consent. Well, what can we do when we come in one mind and in one accord? And they came out with one consent. And they, they had hundreds, hundreds of thousands of people. And then they said, send this message to the men of Jabesh Gilead. Send this message. By the time the sun is hot, you shall have help. I came by to tell you tonight, by the, sun, the, by the time the sun gets hot, you shall have help tomorrow. Glory to God. 
<laughs> I'm just expecting for somebody in here that says, I just don't know. It seems to be the most impossible thing in the world to happen. But listen, with God, all things are possible. All we must do is simply believe and I believe all things are possible. I still believe in a miracle work in God. I still believe He's the same yesterday, today, and forever, and He changes not. That's the key. But there's something to be seen here because when I read the Bible, there are two things that come to me when I read the Bible. There are two things that will surface every time. When I look at the Bible, when I read the Bible, when I study the Bible, I have found two things that surface. One is I have a revelation of Jesus. Because it's not just the book of Revelation that's a revelation of Jesus Christ. Because that's what revelation is. It's a revelation of Jesus Christ. But Genesis chapter 1 is a revelation of Jesus Christ. That's a revelation. In fact, Genesis chapter number 1 is not only a revelation of Jesus Christ. It's a revelation of His purpose. And his purpose was to, to seek and to save that which is lost. And so when I read the Bible, it is about the person and his purpose for our life. I want to tell you, he came to seek and save the lost. Now, why can we have hope in our tomorrow? Why is it that we are able to have hope in our tomorrow? It's because of the person of Jesus Christ. When I look at that, I want you to, I want you to hear me. I want you to, to know that there's a reason. I'm not just saying, well, you know, tomorrow if you just have enough hope. Tomorrow if you can just muster up enough praise. Tomorrow if you can read nine chapters in the Bible. Tomorrow if you can pray the Lord's Prayer, you shall have help. No, that's not what I'm saying. I'm telling you, based upon when the sun gets hot, you shall have help. That's the reason you shall have help in the morning. Now watch this. Now watch this. Because I see a person in this when I read tomorrow by the time the sun gets hot, by the time Jesus Christ will arise in your heart and in your life, there and understanding, looking unto Jesus who is the author and the finisher of our faith. He says, I am the Alpha and the Omega. I'm the beginning and the end. He is not only in your yesterday, He is also in your day and He's also already in your tomorrow. In fact, He's already working on your behalf. Half. You're going up a rough side of the mountain, but on the other side of the mountain, there is God's provision. Jehovah Jireh is already making a way where they said there is no way. He is making a way. And I want to tell you, tomorrow, by the time the sun is hot, you shall have help. Glory to God. Woo! If you don't shout, I will. I'll shout for you. Glory. I want you to watch this now. Now, when we focus on that aspect of the sun, the S-U-N, I read in Genesis chapter 1, in the beginning, um, the Lord God created the heavens and the earth. The, the, that in the beginning is one Hebrew word. And when you start looking in and diving into that one Hebrew word, everything about Jesus and His purpose 
comes to pass. Can you imagine that? That in the very first word is is not only the person, but also the the purpose of what he came to do. Oh, that book is marvelous. That book is amazing. But here's what he said. He said, he said, the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the deep. He said, he said there was chaos. I don't know why all the chaos, uh, some believe, and I think Dakes even says that uh, that was when the devil fell from heaven and he created all this chaos and havoc over the face of the deep. The, the Bible says the, the, the earth was without form and void. No structure. It was nothing. But here's, here's the thing. The Spirit of God was brooding over it. <laughs> God ain't finished yet. The devil's not, he don't have the final word yet, but the Spirit of God, I believe the Spirit of God is hovering over this place tonight. He is brooding. He is preparing for a miracle in the house tonight. He is just waiting for a word from, to be spoken, a word like when the sun gets hot, you shall have help. And you say, I receive that word in the name of Jesus. And then here's what he said. He says, as all this happened, then God said. That's all that matters is that God said. He said, let there be light. It wasn't the light of the sun or the moon because that would come on the fourth day. But on this day, the most important light would shine. That light would be none other than Jesus Christ. In that dark, chaotic moment, there was a light that shined from everlasting to everlasting. That day star shone in that day dark. Oh, I got to tell somebody in this house tonight that it may look dark and dismal to you, but God is about to speak into your life. He's about to bring revelation in your life and He's going to say, let there be light and all of that chaos, all of that darkness is going to pass when the sun gets hot. I said, when the sun gets hot, you shall have help uh, that's not all. There was a the, in Israel. Oh, Israel. They were they they just couldn't get it right. I mean, God had let them let them. I think sometimes we just can't get it right. He let them out of bondage. He fed them with train loads of food miraculously. He struck the rock. Water comes out of it. And what do they do? Grumble and complain. But God's mercies are new every morning. (laughs) That sun still comes up. And His mercies are new every morning. And great is His faithfulness. And so so one of the kings, one of the evil kings was telling Balaam, says, you got to curse those people. He said, said, I don't care if you you give me the wealth of the world. I cannot curse what God has blessed. You stop believing that lie in this house tonight. The devil can't curse what God has blessed. If you're a blood-bought child of the living God, you're blessed indeed. You're not, you're not cursed. You're blessed. Stop using your mouth to curse yourself. Mm. But right in the middle of that, we see a prophetic word that comes forth. He says, this is it. Numbers 24 and 17, he says, I see him, but not now. I behold him, but not near. A star, a sun, (laughs) a sun shall come out of Jacob, 
a scepter shall rise out of Israel. Who is that scepter? Who is that star? I can tell you that prophetic word was seen in the most dismal point of Israel's life. I want to give you a prophetic word in the mess that you're in. In fact, God said when he saw him, he didn't see any sin him. I think, God, what in the world they sinned against you? But listen, when the Lord looks at you tonight, the blood-bought child of God, he doesn't see any sin in you because you've been redeemed by his blood and your sins forgiven he has taken sin from you and removed it as far as the east is from the west and I see a star coming out of Jacob can I tell you that star has risen his name is Jesus what's the key for tomorrow I'll tell you the key for tomorrow is understanding I know who that son is and when that sun rises up in my life, you can be confident that everything's going to be all right. The psalmist said this, the Lord God, Psalms 84, 11, the Lord God is a sun, S-U-N, S-U-N. I'm not making that up. You can see it. The Lord is a sun and shield. He will give grace and glory. And no good thing. We he withhold from them that walk uprightly. You say, how can you say when the sun gets hot? Uh, based upon that scripture right there. Sometimes I get the sun. Sometimes I need a shield. Sometimes I get grace. Glory to God. Sometimes I get glory. But no good thing will the Lord withhold from them that walk uprightly. I can tell you there's scripture after scripture that I can give to you. Uh, Isaiah wrote, uh, there's, there's no other prophet that spoke more of Jesus than Isaiah. And he said, Arise, shine, for the light has come, and the glory of the Lord is risen upon you. Hallelujah. The glory of God. Oh, the glory. What we need is the glory of God manifested in our life. What is that glory of God? It's the person, it's the praise, it's the purpose, it's the power, it's the presence. Of Almighty God. We sang about it tonight. I just want to make room for Him. I love that song. Shelly, I love that song. Just, I will make room for you. I just want to get on my face before Him. Say, I want to make room for you. Malachi chapter 4. Listen to this. Malachi is the last, the the 39th book in the Old Testament. That chapter is about to be closed, and there's going to be 400 silent years. What that means, there was no prophetic voice. It wasn't that God wasn't working, because He did work during those times. You can read the history of how He worked during those times. But what we need to do in the midnight hours and the long dark night of the soul is we need a word from God that we can hold on to like when the sun gets hot we shall have help but in that dark before those dark moments Malachi said said this right here he said uh, he said but to you who fear my name the sun the s-u-n of righteousness shall arise with healing in his wings how can, we, how can we do that? How can we know that? How can we know that tomorrow things will be different than they are today? Because the Lord is already working on your behalf. The Son of Righteousness shall arise with healing in His wings. That's what we know. He is a healer. Somebody, is, you need a healer tonight? 
I know the healer. His name is Jesus. The day star is about to arise. In fact, I love that. In 2 Peter 1.19, it says, And so we have the prophetic word confirmed. How would you like tonight to, 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 to hear a prophetic word tonight and know that tomorrow, by 10 o'clock in the morning, everything's different? How would you like to know that? that, that just, just think about this for a moment. After Jesus' resurrection, after Jesus' re- resurrection, he said, Go tarry at Jerusalem till you be endued with power from on high. Day one, nothing happens. Day two, they're in intense prayer. Nothing happens. Day three, nothing happens. Day four, nothing happens. Day five, six, and seven, nothing happens. Day eight, nothing happens. Day nine, nothing happens. Day ten, at nine o'clock in the morning, a rushing mighty wind came through there. Cloven tongues as a fire fell upon them. Can I tell you, the the sun got hot on Pentecost Sunday. They were gloriously baptized, filled with the presence and power of Almighty God. Tomorrow, by the time the sun gets hot, you shall have help. Mm. Hallelujah. Glory. God is faithful. I said God is faithful. You think about this, and I'm, I'm at least I'm looking at the airport getting ready to land. <laughs> you, 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 if you've ever taken, I, I took one full lesson of uh, being an airplane pilot. I took one full lesson. And uh, he said, now this is, this is the way you land. You fly by, and you just kind of look at the runway. So I'm flying by right now. I'm looking at the runway. All right. <laughs> How can we know, be confident tomorrow, by the time the sun's hot, we'll have help? Because of the finished work of Jesus. Think about this for a moment. Jesus, as the prophet said, going to shine among the Gentiles. His light's going to shine in Galilee, and he did. His ministry headquarters, that's where it was. Miracle signs and wonders taking place. He declared, I'm the light of the world. He said it. And he shone brightly. In fact, at one time, his face, when he was in the, at, the, at the transfiguration, shone like the noonday sun. Hmm. That's his glory. And then the devil on his assignment said it's time to orchestrate his death. And in a kangaroo court, they condemned him to die. Brutally beat him, nailed him to a cross, suspended between heaven and earth. And the Bible says, darkness came. And the father couldn't even look at him. 
Talking about long, dark night of the soul. At this moment, at that dark moment, the Bible says he gave up the ghost and died. That was the worst day and nightmare of the devil. He thought, man, this is great. But that wasn't what the Bible says. Before he ascended, he first descended into the dark regions of hell. And it's the first time the sun ever came up in hell. And there was a, there was a separation. There was the saints who had followed him and looked forward in faith to when the sun would come up. And he said, I, he didn't go down there and suffer. I don't care what they've written. He didn't go down there and suffer he, because it was finished. It was finished. He went and he kicked in the doors of hell. He grabbed the keys of death, hell, and the grave and says, now all authority has been given unto me in heaven and in earth. Glory to God. And early that morning, you can read it in Matthew 28. Before the sun was up, the sun was already up. <laughs> Before the sun was up, the sun was already up. And the reason tonight we have hope in this house, our hope in tomorrow, our hope in this moment, is based upon the fact that that day, grave, you couldn't hold him. Death, you couldn't handle it. Come on. And he shook death and the power and presence of sin off of our life. And sin no longer has authority over us. And now we've been given authority over all power of the enemy. And nothing shall by any means harm us. And this, morning, this, after, this, this evening, tomorrow, by the time the sun is hot, you shall have help. I don't know who I'm talking to tonight. But I just came to bring you hope. There's no greater hope than Jesus. I only have a message. That, that message is Jesus. And he's your son and shield. And he will give grace and glory. And no good thing will he withhold from them that walk uprightly. All of our lives are challenged. All of our lives have difficulties in it. You think just because I'm the superintendent that I don't have any problems at all? No, I've got a lot of them. But I have confidence in this. I am more than a conqueror through him who loved me. And gave himself for me. And the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in me. And in you, my dear friends tonight. Hallelujah. Can you just stand and just lift your hands to the Lord tonight? Can you just stand and just lift your hands to Him? Hallelujah.
Jesus, Father God, you're faithful, Lord. You're so faithful, Lord. You are awesome in this place, mighty God. Come on, look in the face of the Son. Look into the face of Jesus. Turn your eyes on Him tonight. He's our hope. He's our hope. Jesus is our hope. He's the anchor of our soul. We bless you, Jesus. We magnify you, Lord. We glorify you, Lord. Just the other night, I was in revival service with a church that I pastored for 16 years. There's a young man there in that church that had been in and out of jail, just a young man, in and out of jail. His daddy, also a product of the jail, and his mother, a product of the jail, but both his mom and dad had been gloriously saved, gloriously saved. In fact, uh, his dad served as one of my deacons. I'm just being honest with you. Uh, that kid, he had a real heart for God. But sometimes I just want to pinch his head off. Come on. I just think, man, can't you get it right? Just can't you get it, can't you get it right? But I'm telling you, and recently had an encounter with God. He got tattoos. Up. I mean, he got he, this guy's tatted up everywhere. But he had an encounter with God, Pastor. Don't ever give up. Don't ever give up. In fact, tomorrow you might get a phone call from that prodigal. You might get a phone call from that prodigal and say, I'm tired of running. I'm so tired of running. When the sun gets hot. That diagnosis, the, the enemy has said, that you'll, you'll never recover from that. That lie of the devil that says, You'll never get over that. That's just something you're going to have to live with. No, no, no. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things become new. Tonight, just a simple, just a simple altar call. You, you may be here, you may not. You may not know Jesus. You may not have a relationship with Him. I don't know what you're waiting on. I'm no different from any of you. Raised in a small town. Small western Kentucky town. Spent some time in the town, some time in the country. Just, just a boy, just like anybody else. But God got a hold of my life. Not one dream I have ever dreamed that he hadn't brought to pass. We serve a good God. 
We sing about him tonight. He keeps running after us. He loves you. I just wonder tomorrow you might need the sun to show up in your life. I just wonder if you can believe with me tomorrow by the time the sun gets hot. Because really it's faith, right? Isn't it? And you just take a bold step out and meet me right here in this altar. Say, I'm just going to believe. I'm going to take a step of faith. Now watch this. Wait, wait just a minute. At some point, Jabesh Gilead had to believe. And they believed when they got a word from the Lord. And sometimes you got to take a step of faith. When, watch this. Do you know where Judah was positioned in the tribes around the tabernacle? They were positioned on the east side. You know why they were positioned on the east side? Because they were the ones that led out first. When the glory of God would move away, they would lead out first. And Moses would say, Let God arise and His enemies be scattered. Let's just, I don't know, I don't know north, south. I think this is north right here. Right here. That would be east right there. Is that right? How convenient is that, Pastor? I think we need to make a step out and we need to face the east and say, let God. <laughs> and let God arise and let His enemies be scattered. Come on, anybody need it? Step out right now. Come on, come on, come on. I need it. I need a miracle tomorrow. I've got a prodigal. I need a miracle. I've got a health situation. I need a miracle. If you hadn't been baptized in the Holy Ghost, you need to get a little more of that sun in your life. You need to get the glory in your life. Let God arise and the enemies be scattered. You need to just declare that right, right here. Let just... Just declare, let Lord, you rise, let the enemies be scattered. You're facing the east. Lord, you rise, let the enemies be scattered. By faith, right now. By faith, right now. By faith, right now. Hallelujah.